Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Probably near 30 years ago, I guess, um, I'd gone to a revival meeting over at the Welch Cove Church in, uh, in Fontana, and <clears throat> there was a little man named Jesse Rice that was preaching the revival that week, and uh, if I remember right, he was about that tall. He was about five feet tall and a little skinny man. And uh, he's 83 years old. And they told me about it, and I thought, well, I'd like to see an 83-year-old man preach. And uh, the first night of the revival, I went several nights the first night of the revival, uh, I sure enough got to see him preach. That little fella could jump that high. And at 83, it didn't bother him a bit. He jumped and shouted and preached for I don't know how long and blessed my soul. I mean, we had a meeting that just seemed like the windows were open from heaven and every heart was getting filled. The next night I went there and it was kind of like it is tonight, just a little bit quiet. And uh, after having such a meeting uh, the night before, there was certainly a difference on that night in uh, it's similar to where we're at tonight. We had a, we had just a, a breath of God among us this morning, and then tonight it's just a little quieter. But he got up behind the pulpit and he opened up his Bible and and he said, "While the wind ain't blowing, I'm going to sow the seed." And he forevermore sowed the seed. All I know is that God knows. And I'm grateful this morning to have sit in a heavenly place. But there is a different need among us tonight, and we're going to trust God to feel that in in the way only He can. So we'll desire your prayers tonight. Look with us in uh, Exodus chapter number 15. We'll begin at verse number 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? He cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and wilt do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. They came to Elam where were twelve wells of water and threescore and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Now with us. Father, thank you for your word. 
We earnestly pray that you'd open our hearts to this truth. Help us, Father, as only you can help us. We realize the importance of the Holy Spirit in this, that God, as you speak, that, Lord, we're able to receive it, to hear it, and, Lord, then to obey it. We thank you for those that, Lord, will hear it tonight, and we pray for the response, Lord, for an effectual invitation that, Lord, if there's one among us that's struggling, that's living in sin, that is simply undone and lost without you, how pray that they come to know Christ tonight. Oh, we desire it more than anything and pray you'd move among us now. You know the frailty of my own flesh. We pray for your help. Guide us now. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Three days removed from one of the greatest victories recorded in all of the Bible. Three days from a time when the children of God were miraculously led through a sea on dry ground. Now, I realize that nobody in this room has ever been through such a miracle, has never walked down into the basin of a sea on dry ground and looked up as walls of water on each side were God's display of power. And walking out on the other side and then seeing all of their enemies destroyed right behind them, I reckon all of us will struggle tonight to truly understand the joy that was on the other side of the Red Sea. What joy they must have felt. What wondrous joy and rejoicing must have taken place when the children of God had gathered and assembled on the other side of the Red Sea. As the bodies of their enemies were washing ashore as they began to see all of the different things that God had done to deliver them. The Bible said as chapter 15 begins that Moses began to sing a song. It's recorded for us here down through verse number 18 and then his sister Miriam would sing a song, a shorter version. But in both of those, they're declaring the great and the mighty power of God. Amen. Three days. That's all it took to go from the top of the mountain to the place where you had saw God do one of the greatest things ever recorded for us in the Bible, three days. They marched into the wilderness, I seem to think, I've not found it in the scripture, but in my mind, I believe that somehow or another they had some water when they left the Red Sea. Maybe there was water close by, maybe something they could have captured in skins, something they would have been able to cart into the wilderness. I don't know for certain, but what I know is that they made it three days without murmuring, and that part surprised me. Because I believe one day without the things that we need in our mind and body, and we all go to murmuring concerning God. I, it, it baffles me, it shames me really, as I look in the mirror and recognize the frailty of my flesh. How fickle it is. There's sometimes the weather don't even suit me. 
as if I had any idea what kind of weather we need. Three days from the greatest victory known to the people of God. And they were in a place, you see, God led them on purpose through this wilderness. God led them through this barren land full of pits and caves and and a a place where there was no inhabitants. It was just desert. That's what it was. It was just sand and desert. Everywhere they looked, there wasn't any water. There wasn't any green things. There wasn't any sustenance. There wasn't any way to till or to plow or to to do anything with it. It was a place that was barren of all good things. And God leads them from this great time at the Red Sea right into the wilderness. And the Bible said three days into the journey and they end up in this place called Marah. They find themselves in a place suddenly I can see it in my mind as they I come over this little berm of sand and they look out there and they see a pool of water. And they think to themselves, we've found something that we can drink. we found something to quench our thirst. And when they get there, they recognize that it's contaminated and it's not drinkable. It's not something that would uh, fill their soul. Have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever in life looked at the situation going on and, you, and from the very part of your soul, you just say, why, God? Why is it like that? Why is my heart now broken? Why have you chose to put me in a place and why have you built up my expectations and having seen this water now I can't even drink it they found themselves staring at the answer but they couldn't have it the very thing that they desired more than anything else was the water in that pool, the water that had gathered there in Mara. And yet when they looked at it, they recognized they had to have it. And yet it was not drinkable. I want to say to you to the world that, that the world out there today will look like the answer. Everything you see in this world will look like the answer that you're looking for. But the truth is, is it's dangerous for every one of us. It is not drinkable. The world that we live in today, the things that are offered by our enemy, those are not the answer for you and I. May I say to you today that there isn't anything that the devil has given out, friend, that will help you and I until God has dealt with it. The water was what they needed. It wasn't an accident that God had led them to the water. No, this was one more time that God would do something in a miracle form that would prove to them that he was God and that he, they could trust him as they stood there on the banks of that corrupted pool. They all began to murmur and that against Moses. And it wasn't against Moses, really. Moses was God's man. They were murmuring against God. If we're not careful, amen, we'll find ourselves, amen, disgruntled because of the situation we're in. We'll find ourselves disgruntled and and upset about the way things are going and the way things are worked out. Let me say this part. The most part in my life, everything that went wrong, it was my fault. Now, there's been a time or two that I didn't ask for it and I didn't do it, but I ended up with it. And there's times.
times, friend, when we might look and we might murmur against God and we might complain when we ought to be praising God. Here the children of Israel had found what they needed three days into the journey. They were without water and they were disgruntled and they found themselves at the edge of the answer, but it wasn't acceptable. They couldn't drink it. They couldn't drink it. Oh, the world today is full of things that we simply we simply don't need it. Now, they needed water. There wasn't any question about that, but they couldn't drink that water. I'm glad today that I know the difference. There's a lot of things out there that the devil might offer you and I. He might convince you and I that we need those things, that I want you to know the child of God knows the difference. You say, how do we know? Because there's something inside me. Amen, that understands what it is that the world has to offer. And brother, you can line it up with God and it's pretty quick. It'll either pair out or it won't. It'll either be right or it ain't. And you can either accept it or you can reject it. But friend, when it comes to the things of this world, there's gonna have to be some intervention made for you and I. I'm glad, friend, that every time that we get to that place where the waters of Mara are bitter, when we simply don't understand it, when our hearts are begrieved with, I want you to know that God can help us in all situations. He's never failed us. He's never failed us. Let's look at what happened to him. The Bible said there at the water's edge, they began to murmur against Moses. Moses went to God. And Moses, the Bible said, spoke to God there in verse number number 25, and he cried unto the Lord. And I want you to see what God did for him. Uh, when it comes right down to it, friend, uh, I, the only answer that we've really ever had was Jesus. And when it comes to the things of this world that you can't drink, the only answer I can give to you is Jesus. Amen. When you get to the place that you are desperate for God to move in your life, I want you to know the answer has always been Jesus. Uh, what he did for them that day was was unique. By any other stretch, what he did for them was to take something that was not drinkable and to make it drinkable. To provide for them the very thing that they needed. I want you to see what the Bible says happened. The Bible said that when Moses cried unto the Lord, that the Lord showed him a tree. I want to show you a tree tonight that when you see that tree, everything else in your life will suddenly get a little better. Amen. When you begin to compare all of the things in your life that you go through, amen, and you begin to see what's going on, amen, I believe when you see this tree, amen, it'll make the waters that are bitter now become sweet for you. What the children of God needed is they needed something from God to intervene some way for God to do a miracle again. And here's what Moses learned. The Bible said that God showed him a tree. Now, he didn't tell us what kind of tree it was. But the Bible said evidently there was a tree there that was close by and that they could cut that tree down and if they cast that tree into the waters that it had healing properties, it was able to completely get rid of the contaminants and to make the water they needed drinkable. I want you to know today that there's still a tree. If you want the answer, I'm just gonna have to tell you about the tree. Amen. You say, preacher, I've got a problem. I've got your answer. Amen. I'm going to tell you about the tree. 
because every problem that you've got, it can be solved by what took place on the tree. There ain't anything that we'll go through. There ain't any hard thing. There's not any undrinkable water in your life that the tree, amen, that Jesus hung on is not the answer for. I want you to know there's been many a times in my life when I didn't know what to do. But when I stopped long enough to consider the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for me, brother, the water got sweet for me. Amen. He can take what's bitter right now. And if you'll just let the tree do its work, amen, it'll make it sweet for you. And it'll help you through your hard time. The Bible said that the Lord God is a present help in the time of need. He's the very one that we need when everything is falling apart. I want you to know there ain't but one answer. It's always been Jesus. What a wondrous truth that all they needed was to throw the tree in the mix. (laughs) When all they needed was the tree. The Bible said when Moses cried unto God, it simply says concerning what the Lord responded, and the Bible said that he showed him a tree. He showed him a tree. I believe a lot of the Old Testament is simply foreshadowing what was to come. Amen. Amen. We read in it over and over the types of Christ that we find in the Old Testament, those things that God was alluding to when he was speaking about something better to come. May I say to you, I believe there in Mara, that was one of them. I believe that was one of the first times that the Lord God would begin to introduce them to the importance of what was yet to come. They didn't know it then, but we can see it now. You say, how do you know? Because I can tell you for certain that the many times, I'm talking about the many times in my life when I simply couldn't drink it. It wasn't any way to get through it. There was no answer for me when I stopped for long enough. Amen. The tree become the solution. Jesus Christ is the answer for every problem that we have. And as the children of God gathered at the pools of Mara, those bitter waters that were contaminated and undrinkable, it couldn't have been their answer. And yet what God did was use the tree, amen, to make what was lost, amen, usable for his glory. The only way they got saved that day was by trusting in the word of God. He showed them a tree. You may be today looking and trying to figure out the answer. I realize that's human nature. Every time we face a problem, we also try to figure it out for God. We'll end up, amen, messing everything up worse than it was in the beginning because we'll go on and figure out what God needs to do and help him out with it. But I can tell you, when it comes to the things of this world, friend, that are simply undrinkable, amen, when the situations of life are simply not something that could be used or utilized in your own life, may I show you a tree? May I tell you about a tree? Amen. There was one one day, amen, that took that tree and he took it all the way so I could live. I want you to know, you see, that the power in that tree, you say the cross, yeah, the Bible tells us, amen, how the Preaching of the cross is foolishness to them, amen, that don't believe, but unto us that believe it is the power of God unto salvation, amen, people today. We don't worship this cross. We worship the one that hung on it, amen, but the cross today is an emblem of the tree. You say, how do you know? Well, let's read on. The Bible said there, verse number 15 It said, there he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. 
<laughs> I tried to count all the crosses we have in this building one time, and I think it's 26. It may be more than that. I've done forgotten. Now, don't everybody start looking around and try to find them all. It's kind of like one of them hidden things. But they're everywhere, aren't they? You know why that is? Because it's been proven. <laughs> Amen. Moses did for them something that day. You know what? I, I believe most of them people, when they left Mara, and they was fixing to leave Mara, I'll tell you about that in a second. But most of them people that were in Mara, I can see some of them men. Oh, their families were thirsty. Their children were thirsty. Everything they had needed a drink, and they needed a drink. And Moses steps back out, and he says, Hey, God showed me a tree. You say, what kind of tree? A tree that's going to save us. Amen. A tree that's got power to do what we can't do. Amen. I want you to know that what happened on the tree that day. Amen. At Calvary's Hill. Amen. It was something that couldn't be done anywhere else. Let me show you a tree. The Bible said there, they took Jesus and they scourged him meaning that they beat and whipped him as he was tied to a pole. And as they whipped him with that instrument called the cat of nine tails, it had several leather straps attached to a wooden handle. And in those straps were bone and metal and sharp objects. And when you'd hit someone, it would, it would tear the flesh. And as they pulled it back, it would rip great stripes in them and create great, great caverns of bleeding and wounds all over. And here was Jesus who would receive all of those stripes for me. I want you to know that what held him that day was a tree. What held him was he was tied to a pole, a wooden post. And he would take my whipping. He would take my beating. You say, preacher, what's happened to your sin? It got covered one day. Amen. Because one took my place at the tree. There was one that could deal with what I couldn't deal with. I couldn't get rid of sin. But Jesus handled it all for me. Pilate thought that would be enough. Surely they would be compassionate on a man ripped to shreds at the scourging pole. But no, they cried, crucify him, crucify him. It wasn't long that they brought another tree. The Bible said a cross. It was, and he had to carry it. I can see in my mind's eye and part of it's a bit tainted by that movie I watched about the passion of Christ. And by the way, I watched that one time and I said, I can't do it again. What they did to him, as I sat through that movie, I watched it in the theater. As I sat through that movie, I kept thinking to myself, this is my fault. Ever, ever, everything that he went through, I could not think anything, but this is my fault. He did all of this 
for me. I want you to know today that there was power in the cross of Jesus Christ, the one that hung and died for you and me. They laid that old cross on his shredded back, and there he began to carry it toward Golgotha's hill. The Bible said and on the way, as he stumbled underneath the weight of that cross, they compelled one salmon to grab it up and to help him bear it. I want you to know that my Lord, he has the cross for you today he carried that cross all the way to Calvary and there they laid that old cross on the ground and I can see my Lord as he laid down on that cross they wasn't grabbing his arms and forcing no I can see the lamb (laughs) as he laid his arms over there and they began to nail he did that for me and as they took his feet and they nailed a big old spike through through his feet into that tree and then they stood that tree up on that hill and as that thing came down in that hole the lamb there he was the son of God being sacrificed as a lamb for you and for me let me tell you what the issue was I'll tell you right now the waters that was going to save you and I they were undrinkable they were contaminated with the sin of my life and your life there wasn't anything that could be done but God made a tree for us and he forever made the water sweet. He saved me that day as he hung between the heavens and the earth as those that would come by and look upon him would ridicule and mock him as they would retrieve the scriptures and I believe it's in Deuteronomy that said cursed be the man that hangeth on a tree, and yet he was cursed for me, Paul. He did that for me. It ain't no wonder the apostle Paul was able to say this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ died for the sinner. I want you to know that the waters at, at, at Mara, they're bitter, friend. The only thing, I, there ain't anything worse than this news right here. People get to the water's edge and they see they're not drinkable and they perish in the wilderness of sin because they won't get the tree. They refused to believe in what it was that God was doing that day for Moses and what God did for you and I at Calvary. He brought the tree, the tree. Oh, the tree of Christ. As they would nail him and hang him on that tree, the Bible said, About the sixth hour that the sky grew dark, the earth began to shake. And you know what God in the flesh said on the cross, the tree? He said, it's finished. You say, preacher, hang on. What do you mean finished? How could it be finished? He was on a tree. I want you to know that the reason he came was to go to that tree 
The reason he was born, Larry, was to go to that tree. The reason that he lived was to go to that tree. Bless his holy name. I live today in the sweetness of the waters of Christ. Amen. A water that I have been brought into. A water that he would tell the woman at the well. He said, if you'll drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. A water that has always satisfied my soul. A water that'll help me. You say, preacher, how in the world can you drink of that water? It takes a tree. Takes a tree. You can't know what I know about the waters of life until you've come to the cross. And until you have, as the scripture said, believed in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There's a lot of things I could tell you about the sweetness of God. (laughs) Anybody find the water this morning bitter? No. No, that, that wasn't little that wasn't little drinks, that was great big ones. Every one of us likely left full. Which puts a little bit of a strain on the evening service, I might say. It's just like eating at Thanksgiving, you know. Charles Goodson told me one time, he said, if I felt like this all the time, I'd never eat again. It was a good place to be. And I want you to know that that was just as sweet as it gets. You know why the water was sweet, Paul? Let me show you a tree. Because I can tell you right now, it was bitter before I met him. There wasn't anything about this world that had anything that could save me. Oh, but God showed me a tree. God showed me a tree one day and it led me out of that place that was barren. It led me out of that situation that was hopeless. It led me out of that confusion and bewilderment. It brought me out. Brother, when God showed me the tree, the Bible said they could cut a bunch of that old tree down. May have been several, I don't know. But the Bible said they cast them into the water. Let me say something to you today. You don't just need to know about Jesus. You need to receive him. They stare at that tree all day long, but guess what? The water stayed bitter until the tree got in the water. Until the answer met the, or the, answer met the problem. It didn't get any better. There's some people today will come into a church, they'll hear a gospel message, they're convicted by the Holy Spirit and they get up and leave the same way they came in. I can't make water bitter for you if you don't let me put the tree in, right? I can show you the tree, but if you don't put it in the water, it won't get sweet. The part of salvation that is, 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 is incumbent on you and I is that we receive it, Right? Now, that's not works-based. Right? It's just like me handing the brother a pen. I can stick and hold it out there all day long, but until you reach forth and take it, you don't, it ain't yours. Right? It's still in my hand. Now, I can look in the lives of all kinds of people, and I can say, I can tell your water's bitter. I know a lot of people, right? You can, look in their, you can see it in their eyes. All they drink, all they're looking at is bitter water. They ain't no hope. There's no, there's no peace. There's no remedy to be known. And here they are without any solution. 
Let me show you a tree. I bless the day I saw the tree. Everything in my life changed the day that I saw the tree. And I'll tell you what I did with the tree that day. I received it. And you know what he did? God cast, he cast that tree into the bitter waters of my soul. He cast my tree into the, to the very problem itself. And I'd like to report today, it's sweet. <laughs> it's good. Oh, if you could just see the tree. Come get a song. Here's what God did for him. He had to show him the tree first. And this was God's answer to their salvation. Right? Don't, don't be confused today. Had they not got water, they would have died. That's right. Amen. The tree was his answer for their salvation. And when they drank of the waters, once the tree had been in them, they were sweet. They were sweet. You know what God did next for his people? The Bible said he took them just a little bit farther. And guess what they found? Twelve wells of water. It didn't actually say how far they had to go, but it doesn't infer that it was any distance of significance at all. You know what they didn't know, Melissa? That their greatest desire was just over the next hill. You know how desperate it is to be lost and not know where help is. I say to you today, if you'll but look upon the tree, the best life you've ever had is just over the hill. Amen. <laughs> Not only did he save me, but he filled me. And you know what he did then? He set me right down in the middle of a good gospel church. There were 12 wells of water, amen, and I just set up camp. It's still good, amen. It's still good. He said there's even palm trees, three score and ten. Say, what in the world is palm trees in a desert? Shade! <laughs> Rest! You know how I got to such a good place as this? Somebody showed me the tree one day. <laughs> showed me the tree. It, was an, it is an emblem today. That's all it is. I know a lot of people wear crosses. But we don't worship the crosses. They're just emblems that indicate that we have seen the tree. <laughs> we have received the tree, maybe. But it was who was on the tree that that cross represents. I can't look at that cross and think of anything else but Jesus <laughs> He was the answer and he still is. 
All that we can do is to tell people about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Bible said if they can believe it, they can be saved. That's way too simple, ain't Lisa? That 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 worked out for folks like us, right? I can understand that, right? I, just believe it, right? Didn't take any money, didn't take any smarts. It just took, I'll have some of that, yeah. I'll take that. You want my sin for your righteousness? That's a deal. <laughs> but somebody had to show me the tree. What a wondrous truth. That if we could just see that he's always been the answer and he's still the answer today. Go ahead and sing. I don't know your heart this morning or just tonight, but I know this much. The answer tonight, the answer Wednesday night, next Sunday morning, the answer will always be Jesus. He died on a tree so that we could live. He rose again to bring us that same life, to promise us And to make a way for us, even us, to be saved. If you need the Lord tonight, would you come? If you need to pray, we'll invite you to come.